Remember the window? Remember that constant nagging feeling that you'd have regarding your favorite football team that everything had to happen now or next year? Got to sign free agents to support the now because once the now is gone, once the window is closed, it was going to be the end of the world right off a cliff. Nobody mentions a window anymore, do they? Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer daily shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. The window is something that I've tried for years to shoot down as a concept, even as it applied to the principal figure in the window, that of course being Ben Roethlisberger. Everything had to happen in accordance with Ben's career. You can't win in the NFL without a franchise quarterback, therefore hurry up and win. And I dare say that it was an overbearing if something of an undercurrent, influence to the nation as a whole. Everything was about the window. Why did people want Najee Harris? Because they saw he could just come right in. You needed a running back, and you can plug and play, and there he goes. Even in 2021, when it couldn't have been clearer going in, that Ben wasn't going to be the best version of Ben. Yes, his arm was healthier than it had been the previous year. And yes, there were some encouraging signs in training camp that he was going to be able to make some passes downfield if needed. But even then, it was still hurry up, hurry up. Here's the thing, though. It was never true. Windows, almost without exception, in professional sports, aren't relevant, at least unless you're talking about, you know, some insane exception to everything, like a Tom Brady, uh, or for that matter, Peyton Manning. (laughs) Even in his later years, when he couldn't throw the football anymore, he still was able to win a Super Bowl in Denver. When you have someone like that, and someone who's done a ton of winning, and someone who's in your fold and invested in everything else. Yeah, window. Uh, A window, I feel, is a fairer discussion in the city of Pittsburgh as it relates to the Penguins because they've got Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. Crosby in particular, ranking as easily one of the five greatest hockey players who ever lived. He's got three more years on his contract. That's a window. That really wasn't the case, though with the Steelers. And there are a couple of reasons for that. One, I'm saying this with immense respect, Ben was not ever in that category. Ben was never an MVP in the NFL. Two, once Antonio Brown was gone, the best years of Ben were gone as well. There was an unbelievable chemistry between those two. I'm not giving AB the credit, but I'm also not giving Ben the credit. There was just something there 
between the two of them, something special on the field. So if you wanted to talk about a window as it related to the Steelers, the great thing that they had, the best thing that they had was the combination of those two. Ben slash AB was legitimately elite. Most unfortunately, the Steelers did not have a defense that was anywhere close to that at the time. And by the time their defense did get good, AB was gone. But hey, enough about that because the window talk is gone. Are you hearing it? I'm not. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. If anything, the window is just wide open. And I have a feeling that that's what has people more excited than any specific player that was acquired this offseason or any specific draft pick, even Kenny Pickett. Obviously, Pickett's a big part of that. You're bringing in a good young quarterback. Suddenly, you're not looking across at the other three AFC North teams with some kind of envy at least not anywhere near to the degree of what it was just a couple of months ago. Yeah, the Bengals have Joe Burrow. The Bengals have all those wide receivers. The Bengals just made it to the Super Bowl, hilariously enough. The Ravens still have Lamar Jackson. The Browns have now picked up Deshaun Watson, unless he ends up in jail or something. And the Steelers now have, at the quarterback position, hope. They have hope. Maybe Mitch Trubisky will become whatever it was that he was supposed to be when the Bears took him number two overall. He's only 27 years old. He can still do it. Quarterbacks play in the league for a long time. He can still be that guy. No one anywhere is ruling that out. Pickett has the potential. We saw Pickett mature through an amazing work ethic, even more than what you tend to hear in cliched terms as it applies to football players. Pickett's driven. Pickett worked with uh, good people at Pitt, but he also made himself better. He improved. He did that. And he can continue to do that. He's got the skills. Trubisky has the skills. There's hope at the position. And it's open. It's wide open. Najee's career, just entering the second year, his first with a presumptive actual NFL offensive line. There's real promise there. Pat Fryermuth entering his second year, maybe, finally, we'll get the coordinator to throw over the middle of the field, and he can have that big second season that Mike Tomlin's always pushing on his young guys. Got to step up. Second season. No more excuses. That's hope. And it's wide open. It's wide open. They're going to be here. All of these guys I just mentioned to you, well, maybe not Mitch, but the rest of them, for a long time. You're going to watch them grow up. Even on defense where there isn't 
you know, that kind of young talent because they've been investing most of their draft picks into the offensive side of the ball, as they should have. TJ Watts signed for life. Cam Hayward is signed for life. Minka Fitzpatrick's about to be signed for life at some point this summer. Those are your three best players on that side of the ball. Stefan Tuitt's 29 years old. He's probably going to come back this fall. He's still a really, really, really good player. Remember the last time we saw him. That's also hope. And it comes, other than Cam being a little bit older, without any kind of window that you can see. And this is exciting. Tomlin himself has used the term excited repeatedly this offseason as it relates to uh, uncertainty or the challenges ahead. Anytime any of us asks him about something that's related to, well, you have a lot of question marks over here or over there at quarterback, and he just comes back with, that's exciting for me. And I can see that. I can see that from the head coach's perspective. He does have a lot of different things. Don't forget, he's got a lot of different coaches, too. He's got a second-year coordinator in Matt Canada, which at least he seems to think is a good thing. He's got a new defensive coordinator in Terrell Austin, and he's got Brian Flores just sitting around. You know, I don't mean that as if he's being lazy or something. I'm just saying he's available to do anything. He's grossly overqualified for whatever Tomlin will ask of him. There's a ton of work ahead. There's a ton of hard decision-making ahead. Not much is all that certain, but the one thing that's in the equation that maybe hasn't been for a while is hope without worrying about, you know, heading off that cliff. When we come back, just one question. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by our friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. They are the one, the only, the premier destination in Pittsburgh for craft beer. More than 500 craft beers available, more than 350 of those local, and more than 80 of those on tap. Mike's can't be topped, not for beer, not for the awesome kitchen and menu that's available, not for all the special events that are going on there. Check them out online at mikesbeerbar.com. Mike's Beer Bar, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. And today's J1Q comes from Bob Hoke, who asks, I look at this offense, and I ask myself, who is the captain of the offense? I think Deontay Johnson is the most tenured stealer on offense, other than Mason Rudolph who very likely could be third string, where is the leadership going to come from? First of all, you're right about Mason being the most tenured, and you're also right about Mason possibly being third string or not even on the team. But you probably also came close to answering your own question. If the leader of the offense isn't the quarterback, whoever the quarterback happens to be, Wow. I mean, you've just got no chance. Now, Mason would have been, I guess could still be, and maybe even will be somewhere other than Pittsburgh, a leader of the offense. 
He is, for anybody who's been around Mason uh, on a practice field, as, as I have many times, you can hear him booming across the entirety of the south side, like echoing off the south side slopes nearby that are above the shelf of train tracks that's over there. He is one loud, authoritative individual. I know he might not come across that way when you see him getting interviewed. He's just Mr. Cordial. He's he's well-spoken. He sounds confident, but I don't know that he comes across as like, wow, he's going to be leader of men or something. But he is that guy. He's been that from the day he showed up at rookie camp. But again, as you point out, he might not matter. Still in all, the same applies to Kenny Pickett and or Mitch Trubisky. Whoever is the quarterback of this team needs to bring everyone together. To Trubisky's credit, that's part of what he was attempting to do with the camp that he was holding in Florida that most unfortunately ended up in tragedy. He was getting to know some of his new teammates. He was getting to know the wide receivers in particular. It wasn't really an occasion for offensive linemen. But it's going to be the quarterback who's responsible, certainly for being the go-between, meaning the quarterback has to have his own relationships with the wide receivers as a group and as individuals. The wide receivers will not wait for the quarterback to do that, by the way. The wide receivers will come right to the quarterback and hand deliver his mail, brew him coffee, whip up some scrambled eggs, serve breakfast in bed, whatever it takes to get that oblong spheroid thrown in their direction when the games start. The offensive line has its own group that they've got to sort out themselves. That has nothing to do, or very little to do, I should say, with the quarterback. They need to do their jobs. They need to be able to count on each other. They need to have each other's backs. But there, too, they've got to lean on the quarterback. I realize what I'm giving you here is a whole lot of, like, it probably sounds like canned answers, but you asked a leadership question, and I'm giving you the best that I can as it relates to my years of covering the Steelers. The leader of the offense for 18 years was Ben Roethlisberger. There's no mystery there. Marquise Pouncey was the leader of the offensive linemen, and other players were leaders of their groups or their rooms, but the leader of the offense was the quarterback. The leader of the offense has to be the quarterback, and I'm imagining that that's true for exactly 32 NFL teams. Luckily for the Steelers, the guys they have coming into camp all have that trait. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll do another one tomorrow.